Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show, brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am joined today by the great, talented, funny, incredible, amazing Matt Barrows of The Athletic. Welcome to the show, or welcome back. You forgot handsome. Handsome. I, yeah, handsome. I didn't want to overdo it. I was like... You can never overdo it with me. Okay, so... Praise junkie. Handsome. Straight into my veins. Perfect. <laughs> Hottest man alive. There you go. These, there these you are go. all of the things. I've heard this all before. Great lover of television and sports. Yes. Well, and we're going to talk a lot about TV, right? We are. We are That's how t- you lured me onto this show. And I did, I did have to lure him, you guys. I said to him... I, would you come on the podcast? We can talk about Wednesday. And he yes. was like, okay. And not the day of the week, though I asked you on a Wednesday, which is interesting. I mean, it's not that interesting, but it, I did ask you on a Wednesday. But I said we could talk about the Netflix show Wednesday, which if you guys haven't watched it, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's so Yeah, good. and you know that I'm a real, um, very hard to please when it comes to TV shows. Mm-hmm. I, I hate most of them. <laughs> and when you initially said Wednesday, I was like, ah, is, you know, is this a kid's show? It's about like a, a teenage girl. Am I going to really like it? I loved it. I really, really lo- liked it. I thought it was very well done. I thought it was well written mm-hmm. and um, really well cast. Mm-hmm. And just the production. I mean, Netflix obviously put a lot of effort, put a lot of money into it. And, um, you know, to their credit, it, it all came out really well. And I think it's been a hit. And for those of you who are maybe not familiar Wednesday is about Wednesday Adams of the Adams family. I've always, I've always was like an Adams family fan and I always found her character to be kind of the most interesting, but, um, she's, it's just been fantastic. You have Catherine Zeta Jones as Morticia. Yeah. I, I just was kind of writing down the names uh-huh. just to be conversant here. I, I wanted to get the, the main actress's name. She's Jenna Ortega. She's, she's amazing. Fantastic. And then her buddy, her roommate uh, at the school where mm-hmm. they attend is named Emma Myers. I thought she was just absolutely adorable and she was really good too. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that one of the characters was Christina Ricci. I had no idea mm-hmm. when I was watching it because um, there's a little makeup and wig going on here. So, um, but she's, she was good too. But uh, at that, well, as I was watching it, I was uh, not aware that that was her. And Christina Ricci played Wednesday in the Adams Family movie. Yes, and right. So that yes, was always a nice tie. Mm-hmm, very nice tie-in. But well, uh, Jenna Ortega was just amazing. The, the guy who plays Tyler, and I don't know any of their names, he was on a show called Your Honor on Showtime. And I don't mm. know if I've recommended that to you. It is an excellent show. It's very difficult to watch. It's one okay. of the hardest shows I've ever watched just because of the subject matter. But he was great on that. I, everyone really just... It was so good, and it was so fun. And you know what I'm going to make us do after we talk 49ers? We're going to have to go back and cast 49ers oh. as Wednesday characters. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. Why were you drawn to Wednesday as a child watching the, the Adams Family? Probably because she was the only girl, oh. I think, as I'm assuming. as, a, as <laughs> Well, Morticia's a girl. Yeah, but I think because she was, like, young she's girl. She's a woman. She's, yeah, she was, yes, Morticia's <laughs> a woman. And as a young girl, when I would watch the Adams Family, and I think I also found her wit which Jenna Ortega does such a good job with. There's like this little darkness to her, but it's a fun loving darkness kind of, and the wit and the little bit of darkness. And I had a little brother who I adored and was super close to, and I am super close to, but we had that little kind of fight thing that they have. And I don't know. I just always really liked Wednesday Adams. I'm trying to think if I was ever her for Halloween. 
Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. I don't know, but now I might have to. There's definitely here. an irreverence there that um, I think people like and are, mm-hmm. are can uh, kind of uh, sympathize with. Um, yeah, and she was good. I mean, the, I mean, that could have been a bad. It, it had to be cast just right because mm-hmm. she's sort of like sardonic and Moreau and speaks in a monotone, and you could you could see how that character could get away from somebody, and it would you know if you don't have the right casting. It wouldn't go over well, but Jenna Ortega, who plays it, just does a just a fantastic job with it. Just really, really good. And I read somewhere that she doesn't blink the whole show, and she practiced that. Wow. It really fits because I'm like, how do you not? But I'm kind of an excessive blinker, so to me, that's like I just don't even know how you make that happen. But she doesn't blink. And then there's a scene you've seen it. If you guys have watched it, you've seen it. If not where she dances at the school dance and she created that dance herself. She choreographed it. The, that was the best episode of all the episodes in her dancing. And that was, was like exactly how you would think Wednesday. She like, mm-hmm. take, she takes over the dance floor, but in a very Wednesday way. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they gave her this choreography that uh, Jennifer Lopez did. This is, <laughs> this is, uh, this is Wednesday's choreography. So great job by her. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but that was, that was sort of the apex of the whole show. And as an adult woman now looking at Wednesday, I think for women and for young women, as a character, she's unapologetically herself. And I like that about her. Yes. And she doesn't care what people think. I mean, she, we all care a little bit and she becomes a lot more three-dimensional and, and you get to know her a lot more, but she is unapologetically herself. And in doing that, people like her because she is who she is. And I think that's an important lesson for us all. Not to get super deep here on the pod. No, that's a great point. Um, can I give you my critique of the show? Oh, fine. Of course you can. Thing um, is the hand mm-hmm. that kind of crawls around on its fingertips. Nobody notices Thing, but it's a man's hand. And I think I would notice uh, a man-sized hand crawling across the floor in front of me. Like I would notice a squirrel if a squirrel ran across the floor in front of me. But Thing somehow... Meanders around in front of people like at, at a train station, and nobody seems to see it. I, you're, you're starting to uh, uh, push the the, uh, the level of credulity if you uh, was if a big you word. Do that. I, think, <laughs> I hope I pronounced it right. I don't think I did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they get away with with thing working in the shadows a little bit too much. You gotta you gotta watch that. Uh, uh, be, be a little bit more strict with it. Yeah, but I think that's like maybe a little bit of the suspension of oh, disbelief. Yeah. I mean, a hand walking on its own. <laughs> the fact that like the students are werewolves, mermaids, <laughs> exactly. Medusa, right. all kinds yeah. of things going on in there. That's but you're true. right. You're that's right. True. He is, he, I think it's he is walking. I think it's a guy's hand. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a guy's hand. And also, I would say for just being a hand, 
really communicates unbelievably well and gets a lot done. Yes, that's another part of it that they, I think they, they work very closely to, let's make sure this hand is expressive. And, and he is. is. That's the thing. It is. It's so expressive. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I that hand it. is a better actor than uh, like uh, 50% of the shows that I watch. That's probably true. That hand was amazing. Well, I can't wait for season two. I don't know when it's coming, but it has to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, uh, I, I'd be really disappointed if they didn't have a season two. I think everybody would, and as would Netflix, because it did so well. And I think they would probably like to yeah. capitalize on it. It'll be interesting to see if we get spinoffs. Yes. Um, yeah, there, there are some strong characters in there. Like mm-hmm. I said, uh, the uh, Enid, the, the roommate, she's, she's really great. good. Just a really nice foil for Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It just, it was it was perfect. So, well, except for people not noticing things, uh, which I almost called the hand, uh, which I'm going to tie well, one back, one more thing back because Brianna of Tar, yes. she's the principal. And when you, when you say the hand, Gwendolyn Christie, yes. Oh, that's so impressive. And when you say the hand, the first thing I think of is hand of the King Yeah, because of all my game of Thrones house. Of Dragon. Go. I mean, the last okay. time we did this, we were talking about house of the dragon. Yes, which, we were. We were. Which my critique on that is that you, you don't need the the. I would go all Justin Timberlake and say, hey, lose the the. You don't need it. Just Facebook. You know what I'm Oh, yeah. Oh, God, he was so good in that movie. <laughs> Anyways, we don't want to get me on a de- Justin Timberlake digression here. We'll, we'll move into the 49ers, and then we're coming back to Wednesday, and we're casting. Okay. Okay, so that's think about that. I'm thinking about it as we talk. But we're talking about the 49ers heading into week 18, currently the number two seed in the playoffs, taking on the – very not good Arizona Cardinals. And that is kind of neither here nor there. The big thing for the, I mean, it's, it's not neither here nor there because that is who they're playing. But the big thing, of course, the Frontiers, like I said, they're the number two seed. As long as they win, they stay that way. Minnesota Vikings play in the morning or in the morning in the Pacific time. Uh, should they win, then the Frontiers have to win to keep the number two seed. Should the Vikings lose, then the 49ers, it doesn't matter if they win to keep the number two seed. However, there's been a twist that maybe no one saw coming, but maybe they did. And that is that the Philadelphia Eagles lost last week. Should the 49ers win and the Eagles lose, you guys stop me if this is confusing. I don't know how, but feel free. If the 49ers win and the Eagles lose, then all of a sudden the 49ers are the number one seed, which is probably a twist no one saw coming back when they were three and four. They get a bye week. They get home field advantage throughout. It's interesting because I mean how important do you think that is you are of course they're playing at the same time as the Eagles you're counting on the Eagles to lose to a Giants team that's locked into their playoff spot and doesn't have a ton to play for but I don't know what do you think I mean I think it's really important I mean I think being the number one seed is um you know uh, a, a huge advantage you, mm-hmm. you you get a week to heal First of which all, for this team, it's huge, which which for this team is huge. I mean, um, you know, they're using uh, Christian McCaffrey at a really high rate. Um, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Bose, I mean, all, all, all their stars mm-hmm. could could use it. Um, you know, Shanahan is nervous about uh, too much of a rest and, and not being on a roll when they do play that first game. But I feel like this team with its leadership, with Shanahan, obviously very conscientious of that. That that wouldn't be an issue, and that the benefits would far outweigh uh, the negatives. There, I mean, the, the negative would be that you you end up playing a team that's on a roll because they right. they've rolled into the playoff and they've won their first uh, playoff game. They would be playing a team like the 49ers were last year. The 49ers beat the number one seed in uh, the Green Bay Packers, so mm-hmm. that would be the thing. But I, again, I feel like 
Um, you know, Debo Samuel another week. Um, look at all these guys who are just coming off of injuries. Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell another week. Kevin Gibbons another week. Javon Kinlaw, who Javon hasn't been Kinlaw. on the practice field. Yeah, that was Thursday. a little. Uh, that's interesting. You want, do you want to tell everybody what you saw on the in, in the Thursday practice? I did not see Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, that would be. I think that would be in terms of what I saw. I did not see Javon Kinlaw, and and he didn't play a lot on he Sunday. Did not. And Wednesday, I believe, was a planned day off, right? As they do, but Thursday will be interesting to hear and kind of see what that means going into the weekend. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it was just something I. No, I, I, I think that's a good um, thing to point out. Um, I was watching him during the game against the Raiders. And when he's in open space and he's just running, there's a hitch there. It's mm-hmm. not a, a smooth gate. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder whether that's a residue of this, this knee issue. And if it is, then that's, that's concerning moving forward. And that's going to be like a whole off-season topic at some point. But mm-hmm. for the playoffs, I think that's a big deal because you want more than 20 snaps out of him a game. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you get Kevin Givens back, that um, mitigates it somewhat. But still, I mean, you you used a valuable um, IR designation to return on him. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting uh, returns on that return, then that, that was a mistake. There's a, lot, there's a lot of valuable things they used to get. Javon Kinlaw. We're going to go yeah. with things, things of value. But but for this season, yes, they did use that, and you do want to get him back. Uh, I think the hope and expectation is Kevin Gibbons will be back, but you now have two people on that defensive line that you would like to be in good standing, yes, so to speak. Right, and that's such a critical part of that, of that team. Absolutely, uh, especially when we look at a couple of the other defensive trends, which we'll talk about in the, in a minute. But yeah, so and I think you know to your point about Shanahan being nervous about the week off. I mean, they had that in 2019. They were fine. They went to the Super Bowl. They didn't lose the Super Bowl because they had a week off on a bye week. Right. So they lost it for other reasons. Uh, so that I think it is invaluable. I totally agree with that. So I think that this game becomes a lot more important because no matter what happens with the Vikings in the morning there's the chance of that number one seed. And, you know, I don't know if at halftime Philadelphia is up 40 to two. I'm not sure how with the safety, I guess I'm just going <laughs> with a very random score there, but it, you know what you do. But I think that's kind of how this week 18 game is not as important as last year's week 18 game, but it's still an important game for San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and among the, the possible first round opponents, I think that people would agree that the Packers are probably the, the team that's most likely <laughs> to be the first round opponent. It's mm-hmm. probably also the one that you, you least want to play. Absolutely. Um, you know, with a, with a quarterback like um, Aaron Rodgers, And I, I realize that there's been a mastery over him in the playoffs in particular over the last decade. Um, but, you know, he's still Aaron Rodgers, and it would be so poetic if he, you know, in one of his last playoff bids, he, yeah, strikes revenge against uh, the team that's bounced him so often, the, the 49ers. So uh, avoiding that would probably be ideal. I think any of these other potential first-round matchups, I mean, if, if, the, if the 49ers lost to the Cardinals, unthinkable, unthinkable. Unthinkable. But if it happens. He's putting it out in the universe. Just keep in mind, I didn't say it. They, uh, <laughs> they would probably play the, the Giants in the first round. So it could be worse. Um, and to me, that's the probably the best matchup. That kind of one note. Sa- Saquon Barkley is fantastic, but the 49ers are good when a team just has kind of one strength. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I feel like that's a good matchup. I feel like the Lions are a good matchup. Jared Goff doesn't scare anybody. No. They've beaten the, the Seahawks twice this year already, including a real blowout in, in week two. So those three teams, I think, would be good matchups for the 49ers. The Packers are hot. You don't want to play a team that's going into the playoffs hot. And you don't want to play a, a team that's got uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, uh, so that's uh, that's the long and short of it. The 49ers are going to be favored probably in a big way over anybody that they play in the first round. But, um, again, I, uh, I think that the, the Packers are the least um, desirable first-round opponent. I totally agree with you because I was thinking about this the other day about, like you said, they've had such mastery over the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. But just there's something about the idea of them rolling in, coming here, and, and I don't little, know. Little chip on the shoulder. Little chip on the shoulder. Same with LaFleur. Like, you got, you got a lot of chips there, and I don't know. I just – if, if I'm San Francisco, I don't know that that's who I want to see in the first round. Because I, I do think for this team, this is a very, very good 49ers team. I'm not sure top to bottom there is a better team in the NFC. The Eagles built similarly, but I still think the 49ers are a better team than Philadelphia. So there really is no reason to me that this team shouldn't be in the Super Bowl. But the only reason I can find is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers coming to town in the wild card round. Of the yeah, playoffs. I mean, and and Jalen Hurts has had a, a really terrific season, and we saw the 49ers, you know, and, and they do this from time to time, struggling with a mobile mm-hmm. quarterback in um, Jared Stidham. And Jared Stidham isn't known as a mobile quarterback, and, and he basically got the the Raiders one of their touchdowns uh, on Sunday. So if Jared Stidham can do that, you got to worry. Um, about Jalen Hurts doing something similar. Remember, week two last year, sort of a, a nothing of a game, but um, uh, against mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. In Philadelphia, uh, 49ers won it fairly comfortably. Uh, that was the game. That, that game stands out to me for all the tailback injuries that they yeah. suffered in that game, one after the other. But um, the highlight for the Eagles was that Hurts had a really nice game, both throwing and running the ball, I think it was 82 yards and a touchdown. So uh, that that's going to be prominent, a prominent storyline if those two teams meet in the playoffs. And I think the thing with Jalen Hurts, and of course we would talk more about this should the 49ers actually play them in the playoffs, but he is someone who's been dealing with an injury. Yeah. And it's hard to say how serious it really is, you know, how, how forthcoming they're being about that. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But again, that's something that we would talk about more should the 49ers actually play the Eagles in the playoffs. But for this Sunday's purposes, if he's not starting or if he's not hundred percent, that could make a difference for getting the one seat. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm just going to just say this considering where they were at three and four, it would be something else if they ended up with the number one yeah. seat in the NFC. I mean, it really would be incredible. Yeah. If we could um, take the, all the tweets from that week that they were three <laughs> and four and then just kind of show everybody, this is what you were saying back then about this guy mm-hmm. should be fired and this guy's garbage. Uh-huh, all <laughs> you know, of these things. Would you take it back now? And I think there would be a lot of crow eating uh, going on. I think that's very, very true. So let's look at this team as they go into the playoffs. And there are a couple things that I want to focus on. I think we'll get to, we'll get to the most obvious of them in a minute, which, of course, is Brock Purdy. 
And maybe it's not the most obvious because it looked, you had a look on your face. So it's like, I'm not sure which one she's talking to, but I'm going to go with the, the third string quarterback. But I think there's something defensively. And I had Chris Biederman on the pod the other day. Biederman. You listen to that guy? <laughs> yeah, I do. Wow. Well, you know, Biederman though. He sent me a tweet about Michigan today just to upset me, but can't really <laughs> say much Kenny this week. Uh, but Biederman, we were talking about some of the defensive tre- or defensive trends that have been going in that are not maybe the most positive. And then we also talked about on a defense this good, it's really high-class problems that you're worrying about this little thing and that little thing. But something that's kind of stood out to me, and I don't want to pick on anybody, but something that has stood out to me in the last few weeks, um, and I mentioned this the other day since I've written an article on him, so I feel like slightly responsible, is that <laughs> Diameter Lenore, who had filled in Nicely for Emmanuel Mosley, and I thought that Emmanuel Mosley injury in Week Five was potentially going to be the most devastating injury. We didn't know what was to come, but was potentially going to be the most devastating injury for this 49ers team and for the 49ers defense. I think Diamond Lenore has stepped in nicely. The last few weeks have certainly been a little bit rougher for him, so I think that's something. I don't know a lot that they have a lot of options, but I mean they don't really have a lot of options, but. I think that's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, Talano Hufunga, who obviously has played a very high level, there are certain things that sometimes he does that are not ideal that they want to keep an eye on as well. Again, these are high-class problems on the number one defense in the league, but when you get to the playoffs, that becomes the difference between winning and losing. Yeah, sure. And and those are going to be areas that opponents attack, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Two things on Lenore. I talked to him yesterday in the locker room, and he's adamant that that long ball to Devontae Adams, 46-yarder, you know, basically mm-hmm. tied the game uh, and sent it to overtime, uh, that that ball hit the ground. Like, he was, you know, had an angle. Remember mm-hmm. Shanahan saying, yeah, I wish that we had a couple more different yeah. camera angles on that one. Um, you know, he said that while complimenting Devontae Adams for the catch. But well, when you're Devontae Adams, you get the benefit of the doubt. You do get too. the benefit, but there wasn't anything to overturn. Right. But it, it, you could see from one of those angles that, Perhaps the ball was on the ground, sort of uh, kind of tucked into his uh, the crook of his elbow, but still on the ground and moving. And Lenore, and there's no reason for him to not say this, said that he actually saw it from his angle. He mm-hmm. was actually on the ground looking back, and, and he saw the ball move. So it, it's quite possible that that wasn't. I believe catch. him on that. I believe him on that, too. There's no, no reason not to believe him. Um, and the second is that. He had, he's had up-and-down season, which was what you'd expect from a second-year cornerback. But what I like about him is he doesn't go into the, the dumps uh, no, after not. a bad one. I mean, he's got, he's got a typical cornerback disposition where um, he's, he's sort of unflappable. Uh, like and, the Brock Purdy of corners? Yeah. No, Brock, <laughs> we haven't seen Brock really have a, have a nasty game. That's the, that's the, that's the thing with him. Um, uh, the Amadores had some bad ones. I, I forget which game it was. I guess it was a Dolphins game. Yeah, the Dolphins game was not. The, right. It was the, a little bit. Well, for, I think, for you everybody. Know, yeah. it, for everybody. And I think, um, I actually, you know what? It's not the Dolphins game that I was thinking about. I was thinking of the Saints game. And yeah. the fairness I kind of gave him in that is that I, I think Olave is very good. Well, I mean, and that was yeah. a little bit of a tough, you know, game for everybody. I think we've seen him have really great games against DeAndre Hopkins. So, Again, these are minor things, but you are right. I think the unflappability is a really good quality, the confidence. You're right, especially for a corner, um, and that's the nature of the beast. It would be really great if DeAndre Hopkins was playing in this game because then you would get a real sense of, okay, can Lenore bounce back and have, mm-hmm. a, have a good game against one of the top 
wide receivers. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know who's going to be playing in this one for them. Rondale Moore, maybe. Um, but it's, it's not going to be quite the quality, uh, with David Blau. And I had to look up the pronunciation of his name. Blau. Blau. He'll be playing quarterback, by the way, guys, for those yeah. who didn't know, I just thought we're throwing out names. He'll uh, be playing quarterback for the Cardinals. But I think, you know what, no matter who plays, I'm going to make this argument, which I think is a strong term, but I think no matter who plays, should Diamond or Lenore have a good bounce back game? That's just a positive going to the playoffs yeah. because it's from a confidence perspective. Sure. Uh, but you know, it's just like, these are little, little, little tiny things to, to keep an eye on. Javon Kinlaw might be a bigger one. Yeah. Javon Kinlaw, <laughs> uh, Hufanga is just inexperienced back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Hufanga. I think he should run for president once he turns 35, but it's, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure whether he deserved to make the pro bowl this year. Over Charvarius Ward and Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't follow all the, uh, the NFC safeties, uh, right. very strongly. I guess I, I, yes, I will. I'm going to go ahead and say, I do realize that Charvarius Ward and, and Christian McCaffrey don't play safety. Right. Just mean, right, right. From a general, from a talent perspective of people having incredible seasons. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying that there are still uh, flaws in this game at playing above who will be of, this is a fifth round pick. Yeah. Well above That's their expectations, but he's still, um, got some flaws and, um, you know, the, the, the deep coverage and being suckered in on running plays is, is one of them. And that's just something that, that comes come with time time and experience. Well, and there's so, I mean, the great thing about this defense, of course, is that they have so many veterans around these guys and, and so much talent that those little flaws, you can definitely work around them. You mentioned fifth round pick that is the four nanners. That's where they really shine yeah. in the fifth round. The, the fifth round is a money round. I, I said that to Adam Peters, and he pretended like he didn't know what I was talking about. It's like, mm. you know, fifth round has been the money round for you guys. It's like, well, I don't quite follow. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you not quite follow? Uh, um, so, uh, that yeah. Was, that was a joke when they traded for McCaffrey. They gave up a fifth round pick, and yeah. everybody was like, wow, they must really want him. <laughs> a fifth rounder. They <laughs> really want golden picks. <laughs> That's crazy. But let's, as long as I bring up Christian McCaffrey, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey because this team would not be on a nine game win streak with a chance at the number one seed without Christian McCaffrey. I thought that this last game was Christian McCaffrey's best game. And it I was. realized he had a game where he threw, ran, and, uh, <laughs> and caught, caught, a <laughs> caught a touchdown. And then he had, did yeoman's work in that, uh, that game against Seattle. Um, yeah, in in mid December. But this one, you got, got the sense that he really now has an understanding of of the offense, and he's got an understanding of his teammates. And um, it was just a real um, instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those, some of the carries, he got the ball, and he's like at full speed as soon as he's got the ball in his hand, and catching the the Raiders defense, um, you know, t- uh, at the corner. And then other times, he just kind of like stopped. Mm-hmm. In the middle of a play, waited for Brunskill to catch up and waited for his block. So it was just a really, um, you know, just savvy game from him. A real kind of nice lesson, I think, for Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, young guys on, you know, just how you don't have to be at full speed the whole time. In fact, being at full speed sometimes hurts you. I think that that happened on that um Danny Gray, and I'll do my Danny Gray impression later. <laughs> on the Danny Gray end around, uh, if Danny Gray uh, cuts inside of George Kittle on that outside block, I think that's a touchdown. He mm-hmm. went, went to the outside and got, you know, still a nice run, nine-yard run. But um, you just don't have to be going all out all the time in order to have a good play. It's so interesting because I think, it, like you said, it is good for Ty Davis Price. It's good for Jordan Mason. It's even good for Danny Gray in a different position. But 
it's just an instinct thing that you can't necessarily teach, but I think you can learn if that makes sense. But yeah. that's for Christian McCaffrey. You just think he has that, that je ne sais quoi, if you will. Guys, don't be too impressed with my, I think that's French, but he does have that little je ne sais quoi. That's French for, I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> I think that little uh, X factor, <laughs> it factor star quality, maybe. I'm just making things up. But no, I think, I actually think that that's right. But I, 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 I think you are right. I think it's the combination of, you know, he's been here, what, two months uh-huh. knowing the offense as, as well as he does now, plus his, you know, natural instincts uh, all kind of um, synthesizing. Oh, I like that word. Synthesizing at the There's same time. lots of big words today, yeah. you guys. Synthesizing. Well, well, I don't forget. What's that word that I messed up earlier? Something with a, I don't know. Uh, Genesis? No. 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 I forget. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I 85% sure I screwed that up. That's okay. No one, I don't even you remember. Can edit, you can edit this out, right? Yeah, I'm not okay, going to do it again. Nor am I going to edit that out. Uh, but I could. You're right. I definitely could. Um, so as long as we're talking about synthesis, you know, I really pride myself on transitions on the show. Yeah. So wow. I want to talk about maybe the synthesis we've seen in the quarterback room and move on to Brock Purdy. That wasn't my best transition, mm. but I feel like we could go with it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But let's just talk about Brock Purdy because. We got a Brock Purdy, as has been mentioned, ad nauseum, probably by both of us and everyone else, but I'm going to mention it one more time. Did you know that he's Mr. Irrelevant? I don't know. I was just going to bring it up, but I'm so <laughs> glad you brought it up. And he was, that made him the last pick of the draft. They're on their third string quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Fortnite is the greatest quarterbacks coach of all time, and Brian Greasy, go blue. Uh, and I will stand by that. Really, we'll just stand by that. But Greasy's got a kid at UVA. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He didn't go to Michigan? Wanted a better education for his, <gasps> uh, his children. This podcast is over. <laughs> over. I'm going to continue because I'm a professional, but please understand you guys, I'm continuing. Pharaoh's just now bleeding. <laughs> this, is a, this is a scratch on his face. Exactly. It's totally fine. And this, the rest is being done under protest. But Frog Purdy obviously has played very well. We've talked about Unflappable earlier. You mentioned he obviously hasn't had... A, a terrible game. He had a little bit of adversity the other day, which yeah. I think was good for him. And so on the road for me, Brock Purdy showed me a lot in that Seattle game. You mentioned earlier, mid December, four days rest injured, couldn't throw, couldn't really throw, but somehow came in and they won. Yeah. The game. So, I mean, it was pretty impressive, but the playoffs is a whole, it's a whole different thing. Now, so far it doesn't feel like anything messes with Brock Purdy's flappability, his confidence, his poise, et cetera, et cetera. But the playoffs are a whole different animal, and it will be interesting to see how that goes, especially as he goes against quarterbacks that do have more experience in this type of thing. Yeah, I mean, um, he had to win a shootout on Sunday, mm-hmm. and, I, and you know, it's the first time he's had to do that. And and he led a a, a fourth quarter drive that should have won the game if it wasn't yeah. for the, the Robbie Gold miss. Um, so I mean, it's very hard to find flaws. And I mean, if I'm, if you're saying, uh, Oh, what should he work on in the off season? My first thing would be, well, maybe he could grow three inches. Cause he's got a lot of balls that are batted down at the line of scrimmage, but like, that's it. And also I don't, I don't know that he can do that. Pilates though will help. Oh yeah. Maybe a little stretching exercises. Uh, some stretching exercises. I mean, I'm, I'm making stuff up and that's my point is that you almost have to really strain you would. Uh, to find critiques in his game to this point. And, and I'm, you know, I think that I, I, I think he's always been mature. Um, and I, I think, and this, this hasn't been written yet and he hasn't really articulated this yet, but my, my impression is that at Iowa state, he got, um, the starting job very early on and everything was going well and that there was a, a hitch at some point and that really, really bothered him, excuse me. And, um, 
you know, I feel like he learned how to overcome that. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he realized that you know, some of these guys come into the NFL thinking that they don't really have any flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he really kind of internalized, how do I get better? Um, and uh, how do I kind of stay even keeled? Mm-hmm. And he, he's learned a lot of lessons already, is my point, um, that a lot of um, rookie quarterbacks don't learn until, you know, you're three, four, five, six. He's, he's already learned those, and he's sort of at a, at a different level, uh, I feel like, mentally and emotionally than, mm-hmm. than most quarterbacks. And, and you're seeing the, you know, you're seeing that, you're seeing the fact that he's got a really great play caller, and you're seeing the fact that he's got a lot of talent around him, and all yeah. those things are coming together right now. And then he went against this defense as a scout team quarterback for much of the season that probably did not hurt. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, just his, uh, his timing and his rhythm, Right from that that first game against the Dolphins was there was no sort of you know ramp up to mm-hmm. what the uh, the NFL pacing is and I think you're exactly right that's because he was going against this number one defense and to his credit he was pushing it in those practices mm-hmm. and that that benefited him and it obviously benefited the defense as well and. You know, when you talk about all those years at Iowa State, it's something that Kyle Shanahan has said a number of times, having the four years of college. And a lot of his teammates have said it. He has said it over and over again. And I just think, especially for a quarterback, to come into this league in the most high-pressure position at, I mean, players come in at 19, 20, 21, 22. But to come in with those four years of experience, I think, just so, so helpful for him. So we shall see how this plays out. Well, uh, one... Uh, thing about that is that I, I wonder whether that's sort of um, a uh, unseen benefit of NIL in, mm-hmm. in college. You might have more it players sticking around longer because they're making money now mm-hmm. and they realize that, okay, I can, you know, get an education, get paid, and improve my my draft stock by, by staying in college. So maybe that, uh, you know, these days of the, the quarterback is only starts one season or two seasons um, are ending. That might be the case. I think it's a benefit. And I think, you know, Brock Purdy is, is right now proof of that. Oh yeah. Um, well, before, before I let you go, we're going to have to cast Wednesday. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you, um, you have some thoughts on that. So let's see where you're going with it. I'm, of, not, uh, I'm not as, uh, entirely sure. So I a little bit feel that the principal, is the principal Kyle Shanahan? The principal, um, that's the Gwendolyn Christie yeah. uh, character. Yeah. I feel like Kyle Shanahan is more loose, uh, more one of the, one of the students than Gwendolyn Christie. Was. But when so, he needs to be. Yes. He, he can be for sure. So then, do we make John Lynch the principal? Yeah, I think he's okay. more principally. Okay, so John Lynch can be the principal. Um, I wonder who do you think to hide oh. that one needs to be, and in a positive way, like a you know who seems really nice, or but then on the field has well, to just. Well, I mean, um, Jeff Wilson um, is is the dark place guy. He's not. He's not. He's not here anymore. I know that. No. <laughs> uh, I think there are a lot of guys like that. I mean, and Fred Warner could Fred be Warner, like that. I mean, Fred Warner, you know, nicest guy on the planet off the field, but on the field, he he will he will smack you around. So yeah, Fred Warner could be a good hide. He's also a hype guy. Too. Yeah. So I feel like. Yeah, he'd be a good hype guy. Who do we think is the roommate? Enid. Uh, bright, always kind of bright and peppy and always seeing kind of the positive. I mean, Kittle's like that. Yeah. Um, but 
I was going to say Kittle is sort of the irreverent Wednesday character, too, so he can't be both. I'd like to give him Enid. Okay. I think we're going to give him Enid. I'm not entirely sure I want to be Wednesday yet, but I think I'd rather give Kittle Enid. Okay. Kittle does have, like, the Joker tattoo. There's, like, a, um, a dark, uh-huh. dark side, uh, you know, a definite irreverence with Kittle. I mean, have you ever been on the practice field where Kittle pretends to be squirting his water bottle, but he's really squirting you? Yes. Yeah. I have. So, so then maybe he is Wednesday. He could be Wednesday, yeah. Okay. He's, he's a little bit too uh, fun-loving to be Wednesday, though. I mean, he just loves laughter and jokes and pranks and camaraderie. He doesn't want to mm-hmm. be by himself. I mean, Wednesday, I mean, Jordan Willis is a real loner of a, of a guy. I mean, he's very oh. introverted. Just from a personality standpoint, I'd say he's closest to, to, Wednesday. to, to being Wednesday. He's also really good. I think I think he should be at the top of lists of you know, upcoming free agents that mm-hmm. this team really should try to resign because I think he would be a real nice um, addition in a bigger role even next year. He's been quietly invaluable if it's possible to be both, and I think he picked up a really it. really big um, holding call uh, late in the game. I mean, he only played like sixteen snaps. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to make an impression, a sack, uh, a quarterback hit, you know, get a holding call in those few number of snaps, that's a, that's a big deal. I agree. Well, I guess that's about as many people as we need to cast. Yes, that's true. That's probably about, that probably is about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think, I mean, it's such a, such a good, uh, they, they gave meaty roles to, you know, a, a dozen people in that show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there, there, there's a lot to choose from. There is. We'll have to, we'll keep thinking on it. We might revisit next time you're here. Tell everybody where they can find you. On um, at Matt Barrows on Twitter. Um, I write for The Athletic. We do a podcast. And, oh, um, if you haven't read my story about halftime, mm. the uh, Kyle Shanahan gave me permission to come in and watch a halftime, which I thought would just be kind of a fun little thing. But it was so fascinating to me. Um, so that's up um, uh, as the first story on my Twitter page, if you want to read that. And it is a fantastic story, I will say, and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here. It is an absolutely fantastic story. It's eye-opening. It's access that you really don't ever get. And Matt is also one of the best writers that I know, if not the best writer that I know. So you'll really enjoy it. So make sure to check it out. And you know, I'm I'm standing right next to you, so um, <laughs> I'm not a huge person. And I thought that I would just kind of go in and just like blend. Uh-huh. I was literally standing in the corner, standing behind that giant boombox that uh-huh. I came out with. So I was like, there's no way anyone's going to see me. Like right away, four or five guys walk up to me. I'm like, what the hell, hell are you doing here? So <laughs> it kind of really speaks to how um, exclusive uh, mm-hmm. uh, a halftime locker room is. They, they knew exactly when there was a... A, a fraud in, in, in there with them. <laughs> I would have been great if Kyle was like, oh, he's going to play in the second half. Matt, suit up. Let's go. Let's Matt, do can you tell Brock uh, some, some tips that he can take with him into the second half? Uh, you guys, and I just would like to take a minute to just to say, we're recording this on Thursday. Great news on Damar Hamlin, who is awake. He woke up and he's not able to speak yet because he's still intubated is my understanding, but he wrote to the doctors and asked who won the game and they told him he won the game of life. And I think about it makes it very emotional. So I just wanted to say for a minute, how happy we are for that news. It was obviously a very difficult night on Monday, continued to be a difficult week. And it just gives a lot of perspective on how fragile life is and how difficult this game is. And so just wanted to give well wishes to Damar Hamlin and his family and the entire Buffalo Bills organization. 
I agree. Absolutely. Uh, and with that, we will talk to you guys next time. You can follow us on Fangirl at Fangirl Sports Network on Instagram. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.